welcome to the Chiropractic Life Podcast, where I'm delighted to sit down and create a platform for our team members to share their role, where they are now, and their lessons along the way. My name is Dominic Fung, and I'll be your host for today. Hey guys, welcome back to the Chiropractic Life Podcast, uh, more commonly known as Table Talks. I'm pretty de- delighted to sort of be back. It's been a while since I've done this kind of stuff before, and I'm, I'm pretty excited to be able to introduce uh, Katrina Fleming onto the um, onto the podcast. So, Katrina, thank you so much for joining us. How's your morning been? Yeah, it's been good. Thank you. We've got a babysitter for my boy, and I'm stoked to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so where'd you drop him off? We, we, we sort of it was a bit of a I sort of scheduled this really out of nowhere. I think we, we planned on doing it about three, four weeks ago and it just never happened. So we're just like, <laughs> tomorrow is the day. Let's just get it done. And so where to drop them off? Yeah. So Lizzie, the marketing manager is two doors down from me and they just having them two doors down is the best thing ever. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll wander down every time Murphy's a bit, um, you know, going stir crazy in the house and just use it as an excuse to go and say hi. And I'll be like, <laughs> And, and how does she take it? I think I asked her first. I was like, Lizzie, man, you got to deal with a solid here. I need an hour of just like talking to Kat without any interruptions and stuff. And it's really hard not to get that when you have a toddler, hey? Yes. I mean, I think she she might disagree, but she gives me the impression that she loves it. <laughs> He's a pretty special kid though. He, like, I think he, like, I wanted to sort of mention this really early on as well. Like you came down over the weekend with your husband, Aaron, and, and also um, your son, Murph, and, it was just such a good time and he, he's such a lovely, like he, how is he enjoying the NT at the moment? Oh, he loves it. It's great to um, have a child this age with this kind of weather as well. Um, it's, it, things are a bit harder, I think, sometimes down south in the cold weather um, with having a child. And so I think just so much stuff just becomes so much easier up here. You know, you could easily step outside and go and get some outdoors time. Whereas when I was in Hillsville recently, um, it was a bit like, oh, you want to go outside? Okay, um, let's go get the rain jacket, the rain pants, make sure you got two or three layers on. Yeah. Um, let's head out and have some fun. And so it, could, it couldn't be as spontaneous. I think I think part of, um, and this is from other people within my friends, circle of friends, I've been up here for a while now, is that the territory kids is a really easy way of, of sort of getting your kids outdoors and really hands-on, hey? No shoes, no tops, no clothes, just go for it. Yeah, definitely. You know, I never went on hikes with my son before, but not that he was like a big walker back then. <laughs> but, but I don't know if I would have. Mm. So I think I think part of the reason why I wanted you on today, because I think you, you've, every person that we sort of employ within chiropractic life has a very unique story, you know, and I think it's part of the, one of the best pleasures of doing this kind of stuff is just getting to know them a little bit better and understanding sort of where they, where they were, and where they are now. So if we can start off with sort of, um, I, I guess just, just where you grew up and, and where you were from, even before going to Victoria to do your studies, like where, where did you grow up? Um, I actually grew up in sort of, uh, Western Australia around, um, Shark Bay, Coral Bay. Um, my dad was a, um, like a tour pilot, yeah. Um, up there and so we we lived in the caravan park and then we um in coral bay for a long time um while dad was doing whale shark tours and then we moved into a salt mining town and dad mo- became a salt miner and then we um eventually moved back down to perth and that's where i spent most of my life um yeah. that's where i studied my first couple of degrees and um 
where I was before, just before I moved to to Victoria to study Cairo. So, so if we can delve into that, if that's okay with you, like, hmm. what are what what other things were you studying before making the sort of cautious uh, decision to be able to study chiropractic? Yeah, I was doing sports science, so. Um, I got into that sports science degree and I just thought like, why, why not make it more challenging for myself? I'll do a double degree. So I studied French while I was there as well, mm. um, which kind of got me nowhere, but it was really, <laughs> it was really good. And um, I went and studied in New Caledonia for a while with it, which that's, was brilliant. That's, pretty, that's awesome. That is awesome. And um, how many years did you spend in, in Perth studying before you so that was Yeah, that was five years. So five years. Um, yeah, five years. So it was mostly the first three years was pretty much all sports science. And then I finished off the, um, the arts degree. Um, but I don't know, that was that was a bit weird. All of my sports science friends had kind of graduated and left at that point. And I was still at uni and I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Mm. <laughs> mm. Was it a hard decision to, 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 to sort of continue studying? Or we've got a, I think we've got a positive amount of people that we know that um, they really enjoy it. Like they really want to be, always be sort of um, building their knowledge and studying a little bit more. Like, was it a hard decision for you? Or was it pretty much just like, yep, no, we're, we're doing this? No, no, not a hard decision. I mean, I really loved uni. Um, it def- by the end of like my studies, I was really ready to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, I'd only been there for three years and um, was definitely happy to keep going. Um, when I graduated from sports science and French, I had my my job that I'd been doing through uni. I was a sleep and respiratory technician. Mm-hmm. And I've really got that experience of working full time probably mm-hmm. for six months after I graduated. And I was like, wow, oh, that is not for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it gives you a bit of clarity where you want to be, but like I, I want to delve into that a little bit more in the sleep therapy because you're obviously dealing with people um who are coming in to see you and, and obviously like wanting a service or obviously wanting answers and stuff. Do you think you built a lot of your personality traits from that or what did you learn from that to be able to sort of like, what do you still use from that job to, to where you are now? Do you think? Well, I used loads of things from that job. Um, that was an interesting one. Uh, so because my job was very science-based, um, especially with the respiratory testing, what you'd have to do is you'd have to get people in, you'd have this really rigid set of procedures that you needed to get through it and you had to do it exactly the same way with every single person to get really accurate results. And you'd learn that certain people would come in and you'd have to um, kind of shift the way that you your energy was with them to get the same result, but you couldn't change your scripting um, because, yeah, you had to create consistent scientific results, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah. also I was not really pushed, but like originally it used to take me almost an hour to do each test. Um, but they were sort of like, if you can, let's, let's get it tighter and, and more efficient. And Mm. let's see if we can get more people in because then this practice is going to be able to, um, like have its waiting times and et cetera, et cetera. So eventually we just worked super hard on these procedures and making sure that our communication with people was just so on point that we could do these tests in 20 minutes and we could see three times the amount of people coming through that, um, that office. Uh, meaning that with the waiting times to see the doctor was then, you know, halved and we could go because, you know, you can't completely rely on me to um, reduce all those waiting times, but it, it meant that we could just get people through and my communication with people was 
really challenged during that time because not everybody responds exactly the same way to the way that you're talking with them. And, Correct. Um, and a lot of these people were really different to the kind of uh, practice members that we'd see today. They'd be, especially in respiratory, they'd be really sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things I've sort of gathered from that is obviously just being um, – um, ha- having some innovation, like I think it, no matter what business you run or any, any practice that you run, whether it's health or whatever service or business that you're doing, innovation is a really good way of trying to get things a bit more efficient. And, 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 and the reality of it is, is just, it's, it's, yes, we're having the time, but it just gives us an opportunity to help more people. And I think if you, if you're learning that very early on, even before becoming a chiropractor, like I think it's a really important trait to have going into practice because that's the the main thing is being able to help as many people in the community as best we can. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like in that respiratory um, arena, like there is absolutely no point in spending more time with these people. Like they want to get in, they want to get out, they're tired, um, they're exhausted and they want their results and they want to be able to get them in a timely manner. And so, yeah, like you said, it's, it was not really about, you know, time. It's really about, let's just, get you a good service let's get you in let's get you out let's get the ball rolling for you yeah yeah that's, that's oh, I'm, i should love asking that question because like this is not very comparable because it's completely different and also it's probably not as a high-tech job but i think i, I gathered a lot of my jobs my first job was working at a supermarket and obviously uh, a very gourmet supermarket where we do see a lot of the communities and the, most people that come in were, were regular uh, buyers or regular customers so um, a lot of the skills that I've gained from that being sort of the supervisor in the front end way was that they were the people that you you saw on a regular basis. So building rapport and, and making sure you had that connection with people, but also just making sure that you're, you're, you're not holding people up because a lot of people come into the supermarket just want to get their stuff and leave. And like, yeah, it's so important. I think while you're at uni or while you're at a young age before going into practice, being able to gain that, that, that personality trait to be able to know how to sort of run efficiently uh, a business or being able to communicate with people, but also making it very efficient and, and being having that sort of innovation. Um, and that's one of the questions that I, I lacked asking a lot of the chiropractors is like, what was your first job or what skills did you have? Um, did you gain from other jobs that you've had in the previous, you know, in the previous life frame, if that makes sense? Yeah. Mm. So it's yeah. great to see that you're sort of using that and actively, um, I guess getting better at that with your, within your practice now that we can always be better at what we're doing, but um, having sort of those roots is super important. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, that's a, a skill that I think um, just ended up getting pushed on me, but that I've really taken to, and I feel pretty, you know, like you said, you can always get better, but I feel just really comfortable in that space now, just looking for ways to be efficient, but you know, good service and yeah. Yeah. still making sure that, everything runs smoothly. Yeah. Especially when they're paying customers, if that makes sense. Hmm. Mm, like they're paying for a service that there has to be an expectation and there has to be a goal towards keeping you happy, but also keeping them happy and, and making sure that everything's running efficiently. Exactly. And also just expanding that range of being able to help more people because you don't want to be backed up and have waiting lists. Yeah. Cause it doesn't help anyone else. If that makes no. sense. Like, yeah. So I think, um, and it gives you a better reputation. It gives you um, a, a way more trust between you and the community you're, you're serving. Definitely. Mm, love it. So after WA, obviously something had to change and something happened along the way for you to be like, yep, I think chiropractic is, 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 the, is where I want to be and that's what I want to study. And it's a big, big commitment, especially if you have been studying previously for a long period of time. 
if that makes sense. So was there a catalyst or was there a, a, somewhere along the way where you were like, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to jump right in? It was definitely Aaron's idea, I think. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was pretty close to just going, you know, I think, because I was pretty clear that I wanted to become a chiropractor by the end of my degree. Um, I'd always wanted to use my original degree as a stepping stone to physio. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I'd never really even seen a physio, to be honest. I don't know why <laughs> I wanted, wanted to be a physio. Um, but I had seen a chiro and um, obviously thought they were pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I had decided to go and study chiro and I had actually applied at Murdoch. Murdoch, um, yep. But then my husband, well, he was my boyfriend at the time. He was just like feeling like Perth had gotten small and it, it had gotten a bit small for both of us. Um, I had been working in the hospital and I wanted to get a second job because it wasn't enough hours for me. So I thought I'll go and get a second job, similar field, go to another hospital. And when I went in for the interview, they were like, don't you work for Dr. Pritchard? And I was like, how do you even know that? Like, um, well, Perth is too small. Like, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. And so it was, yeah, it was really Aaron's idea. He wanted to, he was just going to finish off his um, degree online because he'd gotten to that point where he was studying sustainable development and community development. Um, he'd gotten to that point at the end of it where he was like, I think I can do the rest of it online. Why don't we just jump and have some fun and go to Melbourne and we can just keep doing whatever we want to do, but in a bigger city. Mm, that's amazing. And, and obviously you guys have been together for a while. And I think um, a part of what I've heard sort of being friends with you as, as well is that he's just like for, for a partner to be able to be like, this is what you want to do. Let's just jump straight in. It's a pretty special thing to have. Hey? Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's, um, he's amazing. He's really like rigid, but then all of a sudden he'll be excessively spontaneous. Yeah. You know, every, every um, opportunity I've ever been given with my career, I've almost said no to. And then Aaron's been like behind me going, no, go on. It'll be so much fun. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Mm. So, so in a way it sort of pushes you into, in terms of getting you into an uncomfortable sort of feeling. Hey? Yeah. Cause I don't love being uncomfortable, um, <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> Aaron's, Aaron's pretty cool with it. Mm. I think it's it's an it's pretty special to think about as well because if, if I guess your life right now would probably be quite different if you if you didn't sort of have someone who was supporting you or sort of pushing you towards those sort of um, uncomfortable sort of situations, you know. And I'm I'm so, I'm so glad he did because obviously we, we probably wouldn't have crossed path. He probably would have worked oh. for us. Like it, lots of change just from that one split decision. Hey, yeah, I wouldn't be working with you guys. I would have definitely studied in Perth, and I'd be working in Perth. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And obviously this podcast is about you, but he's, um, he's doing some pretty cool things up in the NT as well. It looks like he's pretty, um, he's really enjoying it as well. Hey, so run us through sort of what is, what his endeavors are at the moment. Oh my gosh. It's so awesome. He, um, has been for years, been a barista and he's just always told me that his dream is to have like a really small, basic hole in the wall cafe that he can just uh, run all on his own. That just does the absolute bare basics. It just does coffee and, you know, couple of pastries um and he can just just chill doing the one part of the job like that he actually really liked and so um around like in the middle of well during the pandemic um when we were in melbourne um when we were in lockdown aaron bought the trailer bought this teardrop trailer and it was it was super naughty because we weren't allowed to go outside of five kilometers and we were like let's just do it 
just do it. Um, so we got in the car and we went and bought this trailer and, and bought it back. And um, then, you know, sneakily again, we were not allowed to have tradies to our houses, but we were like, come on, just do it in the backyard. <laughs> so we... <laughs> So we uh, we hired a bunch of tradies to come and help start doing the fit out, and then eventually Aaron sent it out to um, to someone to complete the the finer details of the fit out. And this guy had the trailer for so long. Um, we were supposed to actually set up this coffee business um, in Hillsville, and by the time I got the call to come up to Darwin, this trailer wasn't even ready. We were like, "Oh, this is unbelievable." So we had to leave and leave the trailer there and then get it trucked up, you know, a few months later once it was finally finished. And then this summer Aaron's gone and started trading down at Nightcliff Jetty and it's amazing. going amazing. It's yeah. actually so busy and uh, people seem to really love it. It's a beautiful place to work as well. Like, like I've got a couple of friends who live in Nightcliff or we, we go to Nightcliff a fair bit just to, to the pub or, or whatever it is. It's, it's well, number one, a beautiful place because it's right on the beach. Uh, number two, there's a, there's a massive sense of community there too. There's tennis courts, there's pools, like it's a really community place. And a lot of people that I know move up to Darwin. That's the, probably the most desirable place to live, especially if you're coming from the city, you know, something just sort of similar to what they're used to, but still have that sort of NT Darwin sort of vibes. Yeah, definitely. That's where I would definitely want to live. Um, it's it's beautiful and it's so well serviced and it's a shame you can't go in the water but you can go in the pool <laughs> exactly and get some pretty good coffee too apparently apparently <laughs> <laughs> the the great thing about what, what, what the thing you told me is is obviously like it, sometimes in life you, you sort of have to make sacrifices for for a significant other or to, to, to sort of towards your family or whatever it is but it's great to see you guys have got the best of both worlds if that makes sense and just made it work um, oh yeah, I hope so. Yeah, and just just seeing any any sort of option as an opportunity, and and just making it work for because everyone's values and everyone's goals in life is going to be different. If that makes sense, and yeah. it's great to see sort of you're fulfilling yours, and and it looks like he's fulfilling his as well. I don't want to speak on behalf of him, which is a pretty a pretty awesome thing, very very awesome thing. Oh, thank you, Dom. Mm, that's great. So, rewind the clock. You're in Melbourne now. You've gone to uni. Uh-huh. Um, you've, you've moved pretty much your whole life from WA to Victoria in Melbourne. Um, what was the first sort of like? What was the first sort of feel? Did it feel like the right decision? Did it took a, take a bit of time for you guys to sort of warm up to it? Or oh no, we were so excited, um, so excited. And as soon as we got there, Aaron walked into a cafe and was like, "You guys got any jobs going?" And they were like, "Yeah, cool. Can you come?" this afternoon appreciate like he got a job like the first second that he was there and it took me you know five months to find a job because I was just adamant that I wasn't going back into sleep and respiratory even though I could have got you know a job there quite easily I was like no that's that's my past now yep. you know I'm I'm moving on doing something different but I just didn't know what to do I really wanted to work for a chiropractor but I was like why isn't there any job offers like it seems like they're fully staffed and little did I know that I probably could have walked into any practice that I wanted and gone hey do you need some staff because we all need staff yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's sort of we'd um I'd gone in totally naively I we'd um organized this great apartment you know right by the city and um, just in South Yarra and we were so stoked. I was thinking, oh, RMIT is so close. I can ride my bike there. It's going to be brilliant. My lifestyle's going to be so different. And then I looked and I was like, oh, what's Bandura? That's- <laughs> 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 so I figured out, I was like, yeah. are you serious? I'm going to be taking a tram for an hour and a half every day. Yeah. Like, oh, what was I thinking? Bandura is a suburb 
that is so far from every single place in Melbourne. <laughs> it's just like, I don't, I don't think people realize oh. like, it's like, especially me growing up in the city, like close to the city in Melbourne. Like I think from like, from I had to drive 40 minutes, 45 minutes to get there every single day as well. If that makes sense. Yes. Every time I had to go to uni, like it is yes. so far. I think it feels like living in like from WA, that would have been like me saying, Oh, I live in Bunbury, but I go to UWA. Yeah. Like, like, what an insane thing to do! Like, yeah. Traffic would have been probably better as well from, from <laughs> WA than it is in Melbourne. So it's probably not really comparable <laughs> at all, actually. But it's it's like for for a person who lives in WA, that's the comparable thing. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And five year course, straight into it. Like, um, was it was it a bumpy road along the way? Did you enjoy it? Was it was it a long time or because you've done the, the, the past degree before you kind of like, this is a breeze. Oh, I actually found it really, really easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> after that degree, um, like just everything, everything blew my mind about how much simpler it was than my previous degree. Um, you know, the, the multi-choice exams, I was like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe I'm going into an exam. The whole thing's multi-choice. Like mm. this is a dream. So easy. Um, but yeah, I also did get credit for a fair few other things that I had done. So yeah. um, my first year, I just decided to um, start taking some second year units straight away so that I would be um, like things would be easier for me at the back end. So yeah, it meant that the last year, year and a half, I'd get to go part time. Mm. Um, but I still had to do that five years because everything runs on that timeline. But um, it was a really obviously it was a really good decision to mm only be part-time in the last year and a half, like mm. considering what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So you said, you sort of said <laughs> what happened and giggled. Um, yeah. I think this was like the discovery of Murphy, wasn't it? Your son. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was so, it. So how long into uni did, did that news come about? I was in fourth year, middle of, so um, second semester, fourth year. Yeah. And how did you, how did you find it? Like, uh, I guess um, going through a sort of the back end of the degree and, and sort of having other responsibilities sort of on your plate, like, was it, was it tough? Was it up and down? Like, how did you sort of find it, that experience for you? Yeah, it was, I don't know. I think the timing was perfect if it was going to happen during that degree um, because like it was, it happened bang on the point where I started to go part-time. Yeah. Um, but I was also in student, just starting in student clinic, which meant that I didn't have the holidays that I expected. So we, we worked student clinic through the holidays and um, I was pretty sick for mm. the first, for the first trimester. And it was, it was rough, mm. like really, really rough. I used to just get on, like I stopped taking the tram because it would make me way too sick. And so I'd have to get off the tram, throw up oh, and wow. then wait for another tram to get back on. Oh, so man. it was just, to, it was impossible to go there on the tram. So I started doing um, a new way. I went like on the train, which was a lot less uh, stressful on my gut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it would take longer and I'd have to take an extra bus by the time I got there. But I'd just, I would just sit with my hand over my mouth for like the whole trip, just going like, I wish I could die. I wish I could die. I wish That's I could die. so rough. Wow. <laughs> Oh. it's funny you say that it's like, it, it, it is sort of i mean when is the perfect time do you know what I mean but it is you know going in part-time at that that period would have probably helped a fair bit yeah it was really good i mean like you said i don't think there is a perfect time and you know it might have been perfect time for me but at the same time you know it also would have been kind of good if it wasn't at that time mm. um it was 
it was good though, because I had really cut down the hours that I had to go into uni. Um, It was tough going into student clinic and tough doing it through the semester, but you know, I couldn't concentrate at all. So um, my, my studies, like I'm so glad I was only doing, you know, three quarters or half of what I normally would have had to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Like, I mean, it's just, I think that the, in, in a chiropractic career, speaking for myself, for example, um, the, the hard part wasn't probably uni. It was pretty much just getting yourself ready for life after uni. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Think, do you know what I mean? Like the, the, the cause, cause like, yes, uni is like, if you don't do your assignments, you don't do your multiple chairs, it's on you and all that kind of stuff. But all this stuff is dated for you. You know, when your assignment's going to be due, you know, when your test is going to be, you get to pick what time you do your, your bloody test. If that makes sense. Like yes. for most of it, like you get to pick like, Oh, this time works for me every, every other way. So, you know, I'm, I'm busy. So, um, yeah, I, I think just at that, that preparation stage right before you finished uni, did you find that sort of task? Did you, did you have anxious feelings or was your mind sort of um, sort of preoccupied with other things? Yeah, I did. It was really hard um, because I had just had the baby like mid-year, fifth year. So um, wow. that second that second semester, fortunately, I didn't have to go to uni very much because it was mostly non-contact. Um, but we had to do um, placement. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I would have loved to in another, in another situation done, you know, a bit more of placement and um, really, you know, got my teeth stuck into it and, and learned a lot from it. But um, I really just had to stick with the bare minimum. Yeah, yeah um, of course. Yeah. I was, yeah, like I had a really little baby. Um, yeah, it was, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And just like, it's just that. It's, it's great hearing a story because you just look at I can't say speak for yourself, but just seeing where you are now and, and where you were come a long way, man. You know, come a long, long way. Like um, yeah. I just couldn't imagine how, how tough that would have been. And um, like you said, like there's, there's never a perfect time, but you just don't know what, what, what hands are going to be dealt in life. Sometimes it's just, it's, it's, it's your responsibility to be able to play it properly. Hey. Yeah. You've just, um, it's, what I was saying before about feeling like it was the perfect time, I feel like that's, it's not really the perfect time. It was just really that, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing to happen. So you just mm. have to be, you just see the good part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look at, look at where Murph is now. He's a good boy, isn't he? He's so yeah. cute. He's such a good boy. Being able to just drop him off at Lizzie and just come do a podcast with me is it's, it's so great. So yeah. wholesome to hear. It's so good. Yeah, he's a really friendly little kid. He is, and he's just, yeah, he's just, yeah, I think um, for me, looking at at an external point of view, it just makes it all worth it, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. I just couldn't believe it, though, like that 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 happened to me. Um, I remember first first year, like first lecture or something, Sam Harmon got up and made some joke about um, every single year one kid in our year group is going to get pregnant. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. That's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's amazing. That is amazing. So, um, so you got through fifth year. What a journey. What a crazy experience you would have had to go through and a lot of things that you probably had to put in place to make sure that all of that was possible. Um, where where were you after that? When you finished now, you've got a baby, you know, you're, you're ready to sort of really take your career on a storm. Like, did you... Was, was the mindset like, okay, I need to focus on family. I need to focus on both. Like where was sort of your mindset after you sort of ticked off all the boxes and said, yep, you pass, you're going to become a chiropractor, you know, 
the world's your oyster. Where were you sort of feeling at that point point in time? Oh, 100% all family. I think right after I had Murphy, um, I had this sort of like identity crisis, I guess, where I was just like, I, you know, assume that a lot of people who have had a child can, can understand, but for, for a period of time, everything else seems completely insignificant. Like Mm. I got to the end of the degree and I was like, why, why did I even do this degree? Like when I could just be a mum, like, like what was the point? I just spent all this time wasting my time and all I want to do is just stay home with my kid all the time and never go to work again. Yeah. Um, but that went away eventually. Uh, <laughs> um, but at the time that was like, I was a bit like, oh my God, I'll just see out this degree and see how it goes, I guess, because I kind of just think like I'm done. Yeah. Um, but Murph, Murph was a really like, he wasn't, wasn't good at sleeping. Like he really didn't learn to sleep longer than an hour at a time until he was 10 months old. Mm. So, um, I really couldn't think about work or anything because I was up, you know, most nights, 11 or 12 times just feeding and never getting, never getting any kind of sleep that was longer than half an hour. Yeah. Wow. Um, For just months and months and months. And my head was just like not in the right space to even go to work. I could just, I was, yeah, I was a bit in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I went back to work because I'd been a CA for my entire um, degree. So I got my my job in first year and then worked worked for a Cairo for um for, for almost five years. Um, and I'd taken time off and thought, okay, I'll I'll go back as you know their their you know emergency CA. Mm. Um, and I just remember going into one shift, and I hadn't slept all night. And I hadn't for a long time, mm. but this night was particularly bad. And I just went into the shift and I just started sobbing and I like uncontrollable sobbing. Yeah. I was the only one there cause I'd arrived early. Yeah. Um, but then when the Cairo came in and saw me, um, this was one of the female Cairo's. She was like, all right, I'm going to open up. You're going to go and have a lay down on the Cairo table. You're going to turn the lights off. You can have just a half an hour nap. I'll get things set up. And, um, you know, if you feel good, we can start work after. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the nicest thing ever. So she put a blanket on me and I fell asleep in there. And then um, I um, felt okay to start work again. So then, you know, get back into work mode and, you you know, do your thing. And then um, later on, this was uh, not the boss who had put the blanket on me, but the the boss sort of called me later and said, just so you know, you're not going to be able to be a locum if things are going on like this. And that was my, my dream. Like I was going to be like going to go straight out of uni and just locum wherever I could go. Yeah. Um, But when he said that, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you can't have that kind of energy and be a locum. Like if your life stays like this, you just can't do it. Yeah. And I was like, so pissed off. Mm was so mad. Mm. I was just like, whatever, seriously, I'm still going to do it. Yeah. Stop you. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> even though, even though he was my, he's still my favorite chiropractor in the whole world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just being straightforward like that, like it, it gives you a big realization of, of, of how, t- how tough you would have had it. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, Every every kid's gonna be different, and every family uh, dynamic is gonna be very different in terms of what's going on. If that makes sense, and 
it's so hard. I can imagine it'd be pretty hard just to be like invested all this time. I moved from WA to Melbourne, did five years of uni. And now that, you know, I've finished, I just want to hit, you know, hit the ground running. It's sort of hard to think that there is going to be certain things in life um, that pulls you back from that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like really, really tough. Cause I was, I had had my, my head come back into its normal space and I was yeah. like really, really set on doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I was like, what do you mean? I can't Yeah. like seriously. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know. We, it didn't take us much longer after that to really get on top of, you know, our sleep and getting back to normal. And I was mm. like, then I got to just be a locum. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a barrier that would have been, hey? Like, it's, oh, I, I just couldn't imagine. Like, well, one of the things as well, like, and that's why I love doing these things, is like everyone's journey in terms of where they were and where they are now is going to be very different, you know? And it seems like along the way, if you, you sort of hit some detours and roadblocks and, and, and some, some, you know, crazy circumstances, but at, towards the end of it, there's always a way, isn't there? And, and there's always an opportunity to be able to overcome that. And, how, how did, did you overcome that? Was it the support from your family? Was it support from Aaron? Did, was it a mindset sort of thing? Like, I'm just sort of curious to see, cause like this could happen to any chiropractor along the way, whether they're starting out or towards the end of their career, you know, things pop up, things come up that yeah. potentially stirs you away from the main thing or the main prize. Like where, where was, what things did you sort of learn from that and what things did you have to put in place to get you to where you are now? Do you think? Oh, it was just time. It was just time. Mm. Like it's a beautiful answer actually. Wow. Yeah. One of the things that I learned from having a child was that like, it's always going it, to, it'll be over soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. anything that, anything that goes crazy or something like that, you know, maximum it'll be is, is a couple months. Well, not a couple months. I mean, months could be yeah. more than a couple, but yeah. you know, you know, it'll be over and you'll be onto a new stage and more than likely it'll be a bit easier or even if it's not easier, if it's different, it's still so much easier because it's not the same. Yeah. And, and, and it could be years, you know, under any circumstances, it could be, you know, you know, it could be anything else that could, could have taken longer. But do you think making peace with your life and making peace with everything that's going on is a really good way of sort of just like it's coming to terms with the fact that it's, it's not going to be an overnight thing. No, no. And you, you can't expect it to be like every, every time you get frustrated that you're not where you want to be. Um, if you, you know, would have jumped to yourself in the future and look back, you're like, wow, that's funny. That's so funny how, like I spent so much energy being so frustrated. And like two months later I was there and I just should have just waited yeah, instead of wow. stressing. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's an invaluable thing, isn't it? Like just, yeah, I think time, time is, and patience is, an, is another thing as well. I want to think but, in the world we live in, especially like this is like a personal thing as well. We want things now. We're like, I want things down. This has to be happened now. This has to be happened tomorrow, all that kind of stuff. And sometimes the best, the best way of looking at it is that it's going to be okay. Just give us some time and have a bit of patience. Yeah. And um, Aaron always says the same thing. He's like, look back at every single situation that you've ever been frustrated at. Like, did mm. it all, did it all work out eventually? And it's like, of course it did. So yeah. like, why wouldn't it happen now? It mm. always does. Always exactly. works out. Yeah. hundred percent. Just reflection as well, isn't it? That's why it's like, I think it's like really important for, for, for us to talk about that kind of stuff. It gives you a good chance to sort of reflect back on your journey and, and, and seeing where you are now and just being grateful. You know, there's, there's so many things to be happy with in life and there's so many positive things. And unfortunately, sometimes we have to experience the bad before we experience the good. Yep. 
yeah, but it always comes. Mm, it does. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing, man. That is, that's so cool to sort of, thank you so much for sharing that sort of journey from where you are and where you are now. Like, you know, we still got a bit to go in terms of where you are because it has been a crazy journey. It's a lot of, a lot of changes, a lot of things happening as, as well. So <laughs> Let's continue on with that. But, you know, I just wanted to show appreciation of, of, of what you shared so far, you know. Um, Thank and you. It's good, and it's good to see sort of um, your your groundingness. You know, you're so grounded. I love that. And hanging out with you and Aaron as well, like in the stuff you were saying about your journeys along the way, you guys are so grounding. And it's really helped me and my partner, Rachel, to sort of um, be grateful for where we are and also take into consideration, you know, how far we've come. You know, there's, there's always going to be obstacles and there's always going to be detours and stuff. And it's nice to sort of sit back and just really appreciate that. Oh, that's lovely. Mm, so thank you so much. Um, moving on, moving on. Let's get, let's, let's move on um, in terms of where we are, where you are now in terms of finishing uni. I want to get, get straight into the car alive. I probably should talk about car alive. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. I love car alive. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk about them. 100%. So um, how did you come across us? Like where, where along the way were you like sort of started knowing about chiropractic life, understanding oh the, the, the chiropractors within the thing and the great man, Anna McKenzie himself, like where along the journey were you like, yep, I, I've seen car life and I'm very engaged and curious on what they can offer me. Oh, honestly, I had no idea. I'd been working for a chiropractor and there were two other chiropractors there. And I knew that one of them knew Adam, yep. um, uh, Dr. Liz, she knew him and she had nice things to say, but I just, it had not really popped into my head to, to ask more about mm. this. Mm. Um, so I, my first, um, proper interaction with Cairo life was just meeting Sam Baldock at, um, in spiral. Yeah, wow. Um, so my friend Glenn was there chatting with him and I loved Glenn and, um, he was talking to Sam and I was like, Oh, I'm going to go talk to this person because if he's friends with Glenn, then I'll probably be friends with him. Because I, <laughs> love, I think Glenn's so great. Yeah. Um, so I went and had a chat and sort of started talking. And then as soon as I said I was a locum, I remember him being like, oh, okay, cool. That's, mm. that's cool. Um, and then, you know, we just went back and continued doing our, um, continued doing the, the course mm-hmm. and went home and, and, you know, didn't think much about it, but then it wasn't that many days later before I got a phone call from Mim and was like, Hey, I just got your phone number from someone we know. Um, any chance you feel like doing some locum work for us? We need someone up in, um, Ford. So I was like, Oh my God, where is that? Um, literally had no clue. And so she, you know, she mentioned to me two weeks and I was like, Oh, brilliant. That's the kind of locum I want to be. I want to be this short term, one week, two week locum and just getting drips and drabs here and there. I thought that'd be so fun. Um, so we just um, jumped in the car. Oh, it was so funny though, because we, we were so excited for this. It was going to be my first job. And we jumped in the car and went to go drive away and we packed everything and I forgot Murphy's bag. So we forgot literally everything for our nine month old. Like he didn't have any clothes, any <laughs> nappies. Like I couldn't, oh, I couldn't believe it that we had just forgotten like the most important stuff. Um, so we had to get there, and like the first stop was like, let's go to Target Country, <laughs> <laughs> so, and we just bought him an entire wardrobe. And um, I think it was so cute. Aaron bought all these girls' clothes, thinking that they were all boys' clothes. And so like this whole period of time. He's got like these little rough, like roughly um, shoulders on all of his clothes. It's just the cutest, the cutest photos I've got from there. 
And, he rocks um, it though, doesn't he? He rocks oh, it. doesn't he? Doesn't yeah. he? he <laughs> does rock it so, actually, yeah. He looks so good in those like little mini mouse But I've seen some photos. Can't confirm. Looks great. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so when we got to Forbes, I was just like, I just was, hadn't never been a chiropractor before. And I walked in and was like, oh my God, it's open plan. Yeah. Um, holy cow. And um, looked at the book and I was booked like five or six across in 10 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I guess people start rocking up and you just go, well, like, the only thing I can do, honestly, is just, just, just adjust in. them. Yeah. Yeah. And you've done it before. That's, 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 I think that's one of the main things of why you, you, you're particularly successful as a chiropractor with us, if that makes sense. Like you, you're one of those people that will back and like, yep, she she is a really good story and a very successful chiropractor that, that we've onboarded, you know. And, and one of the main things that we've noticed in terms of why you are that way is that we know that the system and the procedures that we do works, if that makes sense. It's not just working yeah. in our company, it's worked in other practices before. You know, it's not a new system, it's not a new procedure, it's just things that we know that works. It's the hardest part of, of making sure that those things do work is just pretty much jumping in. And being like, I have no choice. Like people are walking through the door right now. I need to just adjust them, you know? And yeah. guess what? You like, like, like you were saying before, patience and time, you get used to it. <laughs> but I think yeah. it's just jumping in is the scary part because the systems are different and, and the way we do things is very different from what people are used to. That barrier at the start isn't just like being able to comply to that. It's pretty much just jumping in and being like, yep, let's just do it. And you learn so much along the way. Hey. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it wasn't completely new for me because I'd worked for the chiropractor for five years and Mm -hmm. it was a similar way to the way they did it as well. Like they maybe saw three and 15. um, And I always just really resonated with that. I was like, that's how I'm going to do it. I I love that you can go in, you can make this deep connection with somebody, but only the only reason you can make that deep connection with somebody is because you are super focused. That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. And you've got some sort of, I guess, intuition about when things are right, when things are wrong. Um, Mm. You know, when somebody's not feeling right, when something weird is going on, that mm. you can see they're really experienced chiropractors just go in and they look at them and they go, what's going on? Mm. And Especially um, when you're deeply connected as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and when and you're deeply connected focused, and focused, you 100%. Miss that and it's a, liberating, it's a liberating feeling. Yes. Yeah, that, that's probably one of my favorite things of being in practice, is just going in and knowing exactly what is happening, the energy, and, and understanding exactly what's going on from practice member to practice member, even though you're seeing high volume, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, when you get used to um, walking from one person to the next and being like, okay, it's this person's time now, you know, think about mm. them. Mm. And you're putting them first, if that makes sense. Mm. Like you, you're putting everything away and whatever stress you have or, or, or whatever you think about in life, like at that very moment, you're purely focused on that one person, that one thing. And that's, yes. that is like, that is one of my favorite things in practice is, is just being like, you're putting someone else first, if that makes sense. And they come first and, and you're providing a, a service that they, they really want. Yeah. It's good as well, because, you know, you can be kind of chaotic outside of work, but then when you come in and because, you know, because of the way things are like the only way your day is going to go smoothly at all as if you're super, super focused on the one person that's in front of you. Mm. Um, you can just put everything away and you can still, you know, work mm. and like, yeah, yeah you, do you your job properly. 
you say the chaos thing and it's so true. Like I reckon like with my life out of practice is it sometimes can be a bit chaotic. You know, you're picking up stuff, you're doing gardening, blah, 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 blah. you've got a million things to do, to do list, but practice is a way where I, it's like almost a safe place. If that makes sense. It's like whatever I have uh, going on outside of this practice, I can just pick it up on the way out. When I come into the practice, I'm taking that baggage off and leaving it at the door and I'm purely hundred percent focused on what I'm doing. And that's like yeah. a, a really good way to to work and, and and to actually really enjoy it. Yeah. And I used to practice this when I was a CA as well, because my chiros were like, they were so aware that you just can't bring your crap into the into the mm. practice. Mm. Um, so if I ever came in flustered or late or anything like that, I actually had to go back outside and they'd make me wait for a minute and then I'd have to come back in. And sometimes you'd have to do that three or four times. They'd be like, you're still bringing it in, still mm. bringing it in. Like just yeah. let go of your energy. You're not allowed in this practice until you drop it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's such a, like you working as a CA for five years throughout your, 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 your degree has taught you so much, even without being a chiropractor. Hey, you know, yeah. And, and talking about the things you were doing prior from that, not just with the CA, but the, the sleep respiratory um, practice. Um, it's just like it, in, in practice, there's so many different areas where we can drag our experiences and to make it a really good experience within the practice. Mm, and just like, you're right. Sometimes you walk in and sometimes you just need a minute to be able to switch on and be like, okay, whatever I have going on, I need to let go of that because it's really game time at the moment and I need to be on point and switched on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if I hadn't had that five years being CA, um, I would have started at such a different level. Yeah. Um, you know, being a CA is nothing like being a chiropractor, but just just knowing how things work, yeah. knowing how flow works, mm. um, knowing what's what's necessary to have a good practice member experience, mm. and and learning about energy um, yeah. early on is is like it. I think it cuts months off your learning curve. Yeah, and, and like just being part of the practice allows you to absorb what it's actually like being in a practice, if that makes sense. Like yeah. you're actually like, even though yes, a chiropractor and a CA, they're on two different lanes and do, do, do two different things. It's, it's the same visionary sort of um, idea and it's the same vision within that business and within that practice as well. So just being a part of that and being super absorbed in that is a very big learning curve. Yeah. And you learn the whole, um, the, the interpersonal aspects there as well, because you know, it was drilled into me early that, you know, being a CA is, is not about being a receptionist. It's really about, you know, you're going to do half the healing for me. Yeah. You know, you're going to do, you're going to bring the energy up. You're going to, you know, talk to people. You're going mm. to um, also just be a part of, be a part of their journey and be like their hype man, essentially. Yeah. But I think I've learned that the hard way in terms of doing a few couple of practices. And, and when we, we, you know, we hire CAs on board CAs, like the, 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 one of the things that I had, I had to learn, you know, along the way was pretty much setting expectations high, you know, like, you know, a lot of people coming into this pra- practice thinking that it's a receptionist job, you know, and reality is it's actually a chiropractic assistant job, you know, so oh. setting expectations clear is like, I'm the chiropractor, but you pretty much assist what I'm, I'm, I'm doing. You know, if, if you're coming into this thinking that it's just picking up phones and doing payments and all that kind of stuff, it's you're not really in the right page. If that means we're on the same page and it's not really what is expected of you, it's a lot more than that. And that's something that you have to be okay with for this to actually work as a efficient, 
good running practice long-term, but also short-term to make it enjoyable for you, but also enjoyable for me and the practice members. So it's a win-win-win for everyone. Yeah, you've really hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think being able to say that to, to my CAs at the very start, if I'm thinking about onboarding them, is a really, really good way of getting them on the same page because there's nothing more frustrating than coming into the, a practice and, and two people working in the same place, but being on completely different pages, it makes things unenjoyable. It's not efficient. It's just, and it's a lot more work. Yes, it is harder. It's harder. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I'm really glad you brought that up. And I think that that, that past CA experience has really, really given you a lot of roots hey, in terms of how to run a practice by yourself. Yeah, well, it gives me high standards too because it was a lot expected of me. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it should be. You know, like I think you just want people, whether it's employees or practice members or whatever it is, people to walk into your practice and leave a better person. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. that, that's the whole goal. And you should be doing that for your CAs yeah. and for yourself and for your practice members, for everyone that comes into towards your four walls. Yeah, I mean, I want everybody to leave and be like more inspired and more connected and just feeling like, lighter and more you know buzzy i guess yeah like i'm a better person after that you know i mm. made the right decision you know i'm really glad i did that you know i had a really great experience and I'm, 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 i want to do that again i can't wait to do that again yes exactly mm, unreal um so you go from pretty much a locum <laughs> mm-hmm. to pretty much running a practice by yourself <laughs> um, <laughs> that was an accident yeah <laughs> I think it's worth talking about that. I think it's worth to explore that people who, who are doing locums or, or being in a practice where you're the third DC or the fourth DC as an associate or whatever it is to being the primary DC. Um, I think it's worth sharing on. I think, um, was it what you expected it to be? And it, what, what was, what was the main thing that you had to shift within your mindset or your skills to be able to do that? Oh, no. I mean, it was not at all where I expected to be. Um, I had like totally different dreams of being a chiropractor. Um, I moved on from Forbes and did um, a locum for Sam in Tamworth. Um, that was a nine-week locum. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was a massive learning curve because, again, like when you're a locum, um, I hadn't, but I hadn't realized, for some reason I hadn't realized this, but you were working alone. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's really rare that you're, you're locuming in a practice that's got another chiropractor there because they can't handle the load of two practice, you know, um, groups. Um, so you're mostly alone. Um, and then going into a practice like Sam's, which was this super highly efficient, well-run high volume practice that was just awesome. Um, that was massive. Mm, you know, it was, yeah. um, you know, I really, I needed like, thank goodness. Cause I don't think they do this for locums as much, but Thank goodness they had said, like, get in a mentor group, um, go and do coaching with Scott, um, do, and then you'll also have regular calls with Sam. Yeah. And so yeah. I was, I was super grateful for that because, you know, stepping into a practice like that, it's like impossible if you don't have the help because yeah. you just, you can't really even fathom from uni what it's like to look after that many people when you also don't have like a heap of clinical confidence at that point. Mm, mm. Um, so that was a massive learning curve, but it was also really just so amazing to do it, get through it, get some good feedback and be like, oh my God, I actually, I actually did that. So now I know like before, I think my dream was to have like a 90 a week practice. Yeah. I'm um, thinking that that was just enormous and something that would be, you know, 
you know, even out of reach for somebody who's first year, mm. uh, first year out. Um, but then to, to realize like, you know, that's, that's dreaming a little small. Um, yeah. you've got, you've got like the capacity and the ability to do a lot more if you, if you put the effort in and you make sure you work outside of practice and, yeah. um, yeah, it, it gave you a taste as well. You know, like I think a lot of people that I speak to, um, say this is like, you don't know until you know, if that makes sense. Like you, yeah. when you, when you leave uni and all that kind of stuff, you think your scope is, you know, for example, seeing 90 people a week or whatever it is. And that's like the high end of achievement, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. And then you get pushed into to doing something way, way above your, your goals, but also way uncomfortable. You get a taste of like, Hmm, maybe I can do this. You yeah. Know? And then and, the more you get given, the more you realize you're doing it and you're still not failing at it. And you think like, Oh my gosh, this feels like it's just like unending what you can do. And exactly. so you sort of stop thinking like, I'm so stressed about going into a 250 a week practice, or I'm so stressed into doing 300 this week. Yeah. You, know, you just go, all right, they'll turn up. We'll adjust them. Yep. And It'll be fine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, you have to focus and all that. It's just, it's great. Yeah. It's like, I think this is two two different combinations, and we talk about this as well with some of the um, some of the mentors as well. It's like the combination of number one um, being able to take feedback and scrutiny sometimes, if that makes sense, is a really good yes. trait. You know, like you you already know, especially if you're straight out of uni, that there's going to be things you need to work on. You know, like I think it's 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 very. I think you lack a little bit of social and also self awareness where you think that you can just go in and do it and everything's going to be perfect. Like it's just not going to happen. No, um, and I tend to absolutely hate somebody telling me that I'm doing things not the right way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I hate feedback, but I also, you know, recognize that it's necessary. It is necessary. hundred um, <laughs> percent. And and like, I know that you had a lot of support from Scotty, from Sam, you were in a mental yeah. group, like there's all, all these crazy, all these awesome resources and support that you had along the way. But it also comes down to, it's a 50, 50, 50 kind of sort of game, isn't it? It's like you get all this support and you get all these, these yeah. things sort of taught to you, but it also comes down to how much you want to grow as a person as well. Like you've got yeah. to be, you've got to be all in. You've got to be and like, your, um, your limiting beliefs as well. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's sort of why I think you, you, you're able to become as successful as you are now is because of those two main things. And it comes down to the individual, but also the, the support that you get along the way as well. Absolutely. I mean, with, um, having Sam as my mentor group, I, I couldn't have been put in a better group, especially to begin with. Um, because I definitely had some ideas about, you know, how I wanted to practice and what I believe about chiropractic and they're radically different now to what they were when I first graduated. But yeah, Sam man. was this, Sam was this amazing like bridge, um, between what I currently believed and what I do believe now. And, um, you know, his, his philosophy on chiropractic really was one of those ones where it's like, oh, okay, like I understand what I'm doing. Like I, I know that I'm doing yeah. the right thing now because um, just hearing the way he talked about things, I was like, yes, that's, that's, that's right. This makes it feel like really genuine. Mm. Um, mm. And I really resonate with what I'm doing here. Um, so, yeah, I was really grateful I think for that help. You guys probably get along really well because he is a very – um, he understands that practice is, is so important and it can really change your life and actively lift you as a successful chiropractor. But he also understands that um, being successful comes from other areas as well. You know, yeah, life, it does. family, time.
time with your, 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 your kids, your partner, you know, things that actually really fill your cup. And he's, he's been extremely influential for me as well, being like, Hey, look, you need to be able to, to take care of yourself outside of practice to be able to do what we do here. Oh yeah. He's always pushing us to take holidays. And um, mm. even if I don't listen to him, <laughs> um, I know that that's a good, a good thing to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, um, you turn the aircon because I'm, I'm about to turn mine on as well. It's getting Oh, did you hot. hear me turn the oh, aircon on? It's it so is getting hot. hot up in the NT at the moment. Dry season yeah. could not come any sooner, hey? I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. It's going to be unreal. Um, I think the next thing we want to talk to you about is obviously um, uh, working in Healesville. I think we want to delve into that because, yeah, a bit of a unique story just being being running a practice during intense lockdowns um, in, in different states. Um and man, like I know it's 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 not the easiest thing to talk about because it's it is the most stressful situation, honestly. Yeah. Ah, uh, so yeah, it was um when I came back from Tamworth, um, Mim and Adam both called and said like, "What's the next step? You know, you can um, we know that you want to stay in Victoria, and we've just bought a couple of practices here. Um, we were thinking Healesville for you, and I thought, oh my god." I, Hillsville is amazing and it really is like the most amazing place. Um, but then when we went into practice, I think it was only, oh, so I started the first week and what we were, we were planning on doing was re-examining everyone, every single person do a re-exam and just teach them what I do. And I was all prepared to go in and just be like, all right, so this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be like really readjusting the schedules. We're going to be x-raying everybody. And I was so excited. Um, but then that first week ended and all my rocks were locked in for the next week. And that was the week that the, the hard lockdown came in in Melbourne, the one that went for three months. Um, I just had no idea what to do. And I really freaked out because they put a lot of, um, fear into us by saying, you know, yeah. if, a, if an individual breaks these rules, you'll get fined $10,000. Um, and if you're a company, you'll get fined 50,000. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I just started a company. Yeah. Um, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do here because obviously I don't feel like I'm, I want to play with these rules. Um, mm. But they also weren't clear at all. Yeah. Um, and at first you just, you just don't know what to do. You have to make up these kind of rules about who deserves care and who doesn't. Yeah. Um, it's a tough, I, tough position to be in, hey? Like. Oh, we, we we didn't become chiropractors to be selective on who we help. No you know, way. And, and that's the hardest thing to swallow sometimes. I think like it, even, even with the current climate at the moment, like I, I, I think everyone deserves chiropractic care. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, I agree. Yeah. But um, yeah, you had to say, well, originally we were saying no to a lot of people. Um, mm. We had these, this criteria set up that we, um, that we had that, you know, constituted emergency care, but there were some people really, really suffering um, and they might not have fit um, emergency care guidelines and we didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. You know, people, people who had had a headache for the last six days and couldn't work. Mm. Um, but, you know, are you going to go to the hospital for that? No, oh, well, you're not emergency care. Mm. So we just thought, like, I don't, I don't know what to do here. So... Um, Every day was just this enormous stress where mm. I just didn't want to be there. Um, 
And we'd also gotten this, they had this ring of steel thing around Melbourne and I had to pass through it to get to Healesville because Healesville was included in the lockdown, even though it was an hour out of Melbourne. Mm. Um, so I had to pass through this and had to go and show this like authorized piece of paper to the military every yeah, time right. I left to go to work. And it was just every day. I was just so stressed about it. I was like, so full on. Yeah. yeah I hated I, I it. Think- we also talk about like to run a successful practice, like we have to go into it with, with some pretty intense certainty. You know, you want to be, you want to be certain in how you do things and come up with, with really good conviction in terms of how we communicate our message to practice members, but also to our staff and all that kind of stuff as well. You know, massive um, certainty and conviction. And with the climate that was going on, it was so hard to get that, you know, because it was. it's, it's just like we, we were so in a way it's sort of left in the dark and there wasn't any consistency in terms of what was happening. So it would have been extremely tough, especially this is your first sort of gig that you had to work by yourself. Yeah. And I was, I was really feeling it at that time. I was just thinking, Oh, I really need someone else. Um, I really need someone else to work with me. Um, yeah. So what I ended up doing was um, like, you could still access chiropractic care. So I used to just pretend I was an emergency client and I'd go and see my, my chiropractor like really regularly. Um, but purely mostly because I needed to go there and just keep asking, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you guys doing? How are you screening people? How are you covering yourself? Mm. Um, how many people are you seeing per week? Like how, what, what, what's realistic where I can still go? Um, no, no, no. My practice is a lot smaller than, than it usually is. I am only taking emergency clients. Yeah. Um, so I'd go and I'd just like pick their brains and I'd go through their books and, um, yeah. I'd, and they had, you know, some online forms and they had, um, they'd created consent forms and they'd created all sorts of um, ways to cover themselves when people came in saying, I really need some care. Mm. Um, because it, it was, it was so subjective. Yeah. Um, it's so yeah. much work as it is to run a practice in a normal climate. It's, 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 yeah. a, it's an immense amount of work as it is, if that makes sense. And, and exactly. getting thrown this, these curveballs and things changing on, an, on, a, on a regular schedule and, and all that kind of stuff would have made it so, so, so difficult. It was. And this was the point as well when we were supposed to be um, doing new, like doing the new chiro life procedures yeah. and, and teaching all of these things. But it was impossible to implement them the way that um, – the way that the practice was. So yeah, I ended yeah. up having to postpone my training with the CAs um, to, you know, the last month of the lockdown because there was no way we were able to put actually any of what we'd done into practice because we also weren't allowed to have more than one practice member in at, at a time. Mm. So we had to, we had to, you know, we couldn't even block book or cluster book. We had yeah. to um, spread everybody out. And Crazy. Um, Fortunately, what would happen is, you know, once people finally got to like emergency status after missing so much of their care, once they were back in your office, you could put them on a care plan and keep them there. Mm, Um, So we actually did build the practice quite well during that time because people would come in who had taken, you know, two months off their regular care. And in Hillsville, like the people that had been in this practice, they had really chronic illnesses. Mm. Um, it was a much more elderly population to what I was used, used to. And, um, people were really, really unbelievably sick. You know, I yeah. had a couple of people, I had one person I sent to, um, emergency for quarter equina. Mm. Um, and you know, so actually probably four or five times I had to send people straight to emergency from the office. And mm. I just, I've never experienced that since in any other practice, but that was all the stuff that, you know, 
all the stuff that you stress that you'll actually see in uni, you never see in real life. But during that lockdown, you did. Yeah. 100%. People got so sick. Mm, and I can, like, I can imagine as well with, with the certain climate that you were going on as well, it was so impossible to grow. And I think looking back as well, like how, I don't know if, you know, people have been saying this to you, but I want to say it to you is like how incredibly impressive uh, you, you got that practice, if that makes sense to where it is. And I think it comes down to, because I think even with the current climate, you were seeing some pretty, you know, good numbers for, you know, considering that the cards were dealt. Um, yeah, I think the practice was about 20 or 30 a week when I took it over. And by the end of the lockdown, like the first week, um, it was at a hundred. Yeah. And like, I think for what we were saying before, just to recap on this podcast, it's just like patience and time. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just like, it's one of those things where, yeah, like, even though it was, you know, really tough with the current climate and stuff, but you were still able, like you, like you were saying, a lot of people coming back, a lot of people coming back with some, you know, with some crazy conditions and things that you have to deal with, but eventually everyone does yeah. come back. It's just, it just takes a bit of time. And yeah. We sort of knew that with COVID as well, with everything relaxing and stuff, like we knew that the, 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 the end was going to come or things were going to get more relaxed. We just didn't know when we had to sort of make peace with that. Yeah, exactly. And eventually I think it was end of November when it, when it, um, it dropped all the restrictions and the practice just exploded really quickly. Mm. Um, but then it was Christmas and then everybody left for Christmas. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, where did everyone go? Everyone hates me. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how I feel as well. Actually, I shouldn't laugh because it's like very, that, that resonates with me so much. Like it's so personal when people don't come Every back. Christmas is like, oh my god, <laughs> like this, I'm this the practice, worst chiropractor. This, this practice member's been working five years to be able to book their holidays, but then somehow it becomes like on us. Like, like we, we yeah. just make it about you. Like, yeah, it's super personal. <laughs> is it I, yeah, is it something I've done? It's like no, they've been they've been scheduling this trip in for a very long time. They haven't seen family <laughs> in three years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, I um, I guess the next thing we want to talk about is as well is is it's obviously your transition um with your you and your family coming up to the NT. You know, you you how long have you been in the NT now? Uh, nine or ten months now. Nine or ten months. Like, it goes pretty quickly. Hey, so fast. Mm, okay, I you know came up to the NT thinking that I would do a year. It's been four 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 and a half years since I've been up here. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy how just time just goes. Yeah, um, we're getting old. That's why <laughs> you've been everywhere. You've been WA, country WA, Victoria, Melbourne, city, city, into Hillsville, into Tamworth, into the NT. Um, you've got a taste of what it's like to travel around Australia and to work in different number, number of places at the moment. Like, um, do you feel settled where you are now? Like how has it sort of been? Yeah, we definitely feel settled. Um, the, uh, the traveling was amazing though, because, you know, this was all during COVID and we just got to travel for work. Um, so, and that was why it was so easy as well, because, um, Aaron's work went totally online and mm. we just, we just had the freedom because I didn't have to worry about, you know, Murphy, you know, wasn't in any daycare cause it was, you know, lockdowns and COVID. And, um, so we just ended up cause yeah, I think the pandemic hit right in the middle of me taking my first job. Mm. Um, so I've only ever worked in the pandemic. Um, so yeah, it was, it was super fun actually, cause we got to travel quite a, quite a lot. And then all of a sudden we were in Hillsville, but we weren't even there for that long in the end, probably nine months. And then, um, but we got called up to the NT right, just right at the perfect time. You know, we mm. were just, a, we could, we were in a lot, another lockdown and right at the time we got the call to see if we wanted to come up. Um, 
Healesville had experienced this massive like natural disaster, um, there'd been this huge storm and it had knocked out everything. We had no power, no water, um, no heating. We didn't have internet um, at all. And we were just so trapped and miserable. Um, and we were still had lockdown restrictions, so we couldn't go like 20, 20 kilometres from our house. And everybody would tell you, you know, you're in an emergency. I'm pretty sure you're allowed to drive a bit further to go to Bunnings. Mm. We were like, yeah, but, you know, you get, you get in your head with the, all these restrictions all the time and all these threats of fines. And mm. You feel like you're doing the wrong thing. There's a lot of fear. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of fear, which is not the best environment to be in, especially when you're trying to, you know, raise a family, do you know what I mean? Like it would have been immensely difficult. Well, um, it, we got that call and it was like, we were just over, so over it. We just thought like, this is not a life that we want to live anymore. Mm. Um, I don't want to be in and out of lockdowns. And when we left, you know, Melbourne went into another big long lockdown. Mm. Um, and then they had the big um, outbreak this summer. And I'm just thinking, geez, I'm, I'm really happy just not, not to have been there, even though I loved my time in Melbourne but mm. and in Hillsville as well, but just so grateful to get to come up here where everything just seems so much more normal mm. and you could just, just live, just yeah. be normal. Mm. Mm. Amazing. And yeah, 10 months in Darwin. Yeah. It's crazy. Hey, yeah. And I yeah. Think, you know, you, you, you took over a practice that wasn't the easiest to take over because it was Adam McKenzie working there. So yeah. I think to, to, to sort of fill his shoes is very, very tough. And, it's great to sort of see what you've made from it, but also the more impressive thing is, 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 is how well you and your family have done for yourself outside the practice as well. You know, um, he's doing his coffee thing. Murph seems to be doing daycare making heaps of friends and all that kind of stuff. And you're able to go away, you know, probably should be more than what you are doing at the moment, but it seems like you guys have um, done some pretty impressive things to, to your lives up in the NT. So it's, it's great to see. Yeah, it's a better lifestyle for sure. Mm, yeah, and yeah. everything's just easy. Hey, it's just so. It is know, easy. It's easy yeah. to make friends here. Yeah, like, every, man. like way easier to make friends here than it has been anywhere else I've traveled. It's just an amazing part of a community, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's just so everyone's so tight knit and everyone's looking after each other and, and always willing to help and 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 be super inviting as well. It's a very warm, you know, um, on the pine, the but it's a warm place to be. Oh yeah, and the practice <laughs> members here are different too. They're um they're chill, they're relaxed, they're mm, open, they're, yeah. they're, they come in um, ready to hear what you've got to say, where in other places I've often felt like they've got an idea and they don't really want you to tell them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Be more <laughs> Whereas, open. Yeah, very yeah, they open. Yeah. hear people are like, just tell me, what's the deal? Yeah, yeah, be upfront. Yeah. Love that. And just just being straight down the line, I think it's a really um, – it's, a, it's, it's, it's almost freedom, if that makes sense. It feels it like it's freedom. Yeah. It's like a free, like work can be super restricting, but when it comes to that kind of energy, you feel, you free, you feel free. Um, it's good. Yep. It's time for our special segment called something spicy, where we ask some random rapid fire questions to our guests and they have to answer the first thing that comes to their head. Will they be able to handle the heat? Let's find out. All right, so first first question for you, and just 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 answer what first comes to your mind. Okay, you've been traveling a lot over everywhere in Australia. What do you think your favorite type of weather is? This oh dry season. Dry season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people could say that. It's people, the best. Listening, people are listening, don't know what dry season is. It's pretty much clear skies, bluer skies, not a single cloud in the day. Um, you know, low of, of 18 to 20, but then top of 27, 28, which is just yeah. beautiful with a beautiful, nice breeze. Very nice. 
perfect. Another thing I want to ask as well, um, your favorite business that you visited while being in Darwin, where did you like going? Coffee stop. Coffee Coffee stop. stop. Where's that? It's in the city and they only do, um, so they do really nice coffee and nice filter coffee, but they only do Singaporean breakfast. So you can only get congee or like um, kaya toast, which is like coconut jam toast where you dip it in boiled eggs. You got me. You sold at congee. Love congee. People don't know what congee is. Pretty much like an an Asian style porridge or as Asian style, like really watery rice. It's beautiful. Yeah. We'll go when you come back up. I think I'll have to. That sounds amazing. Coffee stop, right? I've never even heard of that. So that's great. Um, the next question that I sort of want to ask as well is obviously you've got a little toddler, um, and a little baby Murph. Um, mm-hmm. what's your favorite curse word without it being a curse word? Oh, no, we only have curse words. Like Murphy, <laughs> Murphy swears all the time and I can't stop him. <laughs> Love um, that. Yeah. I, I, cause we keep, we always kept forgetting to do the whole not curse word stuff. Mm. So now Murphy just sits around and sometimes he'll just like throw himself into the bean bag and just go, oh, F sake. <laughs> Welcome to the territory, by the way. That's a very territory kid there. I love it. I love it. Obviously, it's the wet season at the moment, which is, just means it's blistering hot. I mean, at the moment, I mean, 9.30 is when we turn on an air con, which is insane if yeah. you down south. Um, you, you've obviously been watching a lot of movies, um, which is on Netflix. What's your favorite movie genre at the moment? Oh, I mean, I always just love um, adventure, but like I, my favorite movies, like um, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, I just watch it over and over and over again. Like I just, every time he goes to Greenland, I'm like, oh, it's wonderful. Right, jeez, very interesting. Yeah, and love that movie. What about what about favorite food to cook at the moment? Not to eat, to cook. Indian. Indian, yeah. I think I think you guys were telling me that, and Aaron's really mastered his craft in yeah. terms of being Indian, hey. Exactly. Aaron is the best cook ever and I'm the worst, but I did just recently find something that I could cook quite well um, in Indian food. In Indian food. Yeah, man. I, Indian's one, it's up there. One of my favorite cuisines for sure. For Me sure. Too. Yeah. Um, last question again, you know, nice and quick. Um, who is your hero at the moment? Who do you sort of look up to at the moment? Oh my gosh. I actually had an answer for this Um Right now, that's um, I got really excited during um, the Innate Summit by Tim Leeming, yep, um, and his and his talk there. So I really have just started um, just doing everything he does. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> Which yeah. is just like it's just breath work and um, just just meditation and and just looking to become like a bit more of an enlightened, attractive person, really. Mm. Mm, yeah, well, I think that's a really perfect way to sort of end this sort of segment, but also end the podcast as well. You know, like I was saying, it's 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 always refreshing being able to speak to someone like yourself who've sort of had a really unique and and challenging journey along the way, and it's it's super just super awesome to see where you are at the moment. And thank you so much for sharing that. I've gotten a lot from it, and I'm sure me people that listen to it will get something from it, whether it's one, two, three, or ten things like myself. So. Thank you so much, Kat. Um, thank you so much for your time. I know time's pretty limited. You know, you, you're running a pretty busy practice, but also you've got a son as well. So um, super grateful that you took the time to be able to um, to come on and sort of share your journey. Thanks, Tom. It was fun. No worries. Until next time, hey. All right. No worries. Bye, later. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. 
If you're curious and engaged on what we do and want to find out a little bit more, please leave a comment, add us on social, or you can find us on chiropracticlife.com.au. We can't wait to hear from you.